You're listening to Through the Darkness, a show about the search for the sacred in the mundane and profane of ordinary life. I'm Chris Carrillo. I am so glad to be back with you again. After quite the long hiatus from our regularly scheduled programming, it's great to be here with you today. think of no better way to kick off this episode than to pick up right where we left off with the next part of our ongoing series, now years in the making, entitled On Becoming Human, with this segment called On Pain. There was a time when I believed in a beautiful lie that everything happened for a reason. In this way that I conceived the universe, every feeling I experienced served some greater purpose that helped me escape the present moment with the promise of a brighter tomorrow. In some ways, it worked. My pain diminished as I adopted a worldview cushioning my supposed healing path by stopping me from tending to my deepest wounds. This promise was an altruistic fantasy. As I reflect on those years, seemingly now several lives removed from where I once was, please do not hear me diminishing the power of these fantasies. They are purposeful. They help us survive the truths too burdensome to bear. They grip us as often as we cling to them as our only lifelines, accepting them like gravity and letting them govern our ways of life to protect us from the fear of what might happen if and when they shatter. Fantasies make pain fleeting and bearable, which helps us survive and survival is good. At the same time, escaping pain by burrowing in a fantasy does not actually equip us to work with what we believe may destroy us if and when we give it space, proper attention, and fresh air. As a therapist, time and again, My work with clients and my ongoing research on the emotional stress of our current times draws me back to what I consider the analyst Wilfred Beyond's most fascinating question. What is the fate of pain? Pain has a path, like a vessel relying on a navigation chart through a storm or a trajectory. Like a trend on a scatterplot seemingly leading nowhere, it contains some of our most valuable data about our individual and collective cost of what it means to live. Pain stitches together the stories that make up the stubborn fabric of who we are, our senses about our place in the world, and whatever we believe governs our way of life. Pain sometimes shows us how we have failed and more often how others have failed us. Pain is pain, 
all the way around without shortcuts, excuses, or qualifiers. It stands alone with no reason to ascribe a higher purpose. So, as I reflect on pain, I wonder how we might incorporate it into our healing journeys while avoiding the fantasy thinking that leaves us settling for shallow platitudes, everything happening for a reason. The poet David White describes our experience of pain as our most common and grounding, the searing presence, in his words, marking everyday life. The problem of a person or people group ascribing purpose to another's pain lies in how doing so erases the experiences of those dealing with extreme pain due to their mere existence in a world not made for them. I imagine this all-too-common tendency like pushing an eject button from an opportunity to practice genuine compassion. It hurts the most vulnerable among us in the short term and everyone in the long run by stifling our ability to sit with one another in utter brokenness. A more realistic truth to swallow might be that when the fantasy well runs dry, nobody truly knows what it is like to be you, to experience what you experience, or to lose what you have lost. In these Sober moments, nothing indicates an intolerance for a person's wounds like reaching for a platitudinal band-aid, like everything happening for a reason. I believe our lived experience of aloneness in our pain is what we share in common. And nobody will ever be lonely because we are all alone in the ways we hurt. I suggest an alternative to the fleeting quest to find pain's ultimate purpose. No pain is purposeful. But we can repurpose pain into a greater capacity to sit with one another because we have learned to sit with ourselves. Granted, we each have a threshold to honor and must be gentle with ourselves as we grow in our pain tolerance. Wounds need time, space, proper attention, and fresh air to heal. But repurpose pain is one of the most loving gifts we can offer someone else. Like a downed tree in a forest, pain's aftermath forms a nursery log with bountiful promise for beautiful new life. Or like Kintsugi, the art of repairing damaged pottery with gold-colored lacquer, we can integrate our breaking and mending as parts of our unfolding stories, not moments we need to disguise. These alternatives to stamping pain with some ultimate purpose help us to work with our pain and offer, by example, this courageous capacity to others. We can remain vigilant and inspired by one another's courage to dismantle that which continues to inflict the same wounds on the same groups of people. We can learn to see things as they are in time, not as the fantasies we have been taught to believe. And we can pause 
before pulling the eject lever from our lived experience to sit with someone in theirs, letting them know we see them and are with them every step of the way. Meeting others in their pain starts with meeting ourselves in ours, tending to our wounds, and giving ourselves plenty of time, space, proper attention, and fresh air to begin healing. So, may you begin healing in time when you're ready. May you be patient as you process your pain. May you acknowledge its weight, particularity, severity, and fate as you work with it. May you forgive yourself when you resort to the fantasy thinking that has helped you survive, even if only temporarily relieving the pain of your past. May you be gentle with your survival in every step you take toward healing, even when they feel like missteps. May you care for those around you by offering them the courageous capacity you have reforged in your pain repurposed for love. And may grace and peace be yours in every season, reason, and step of the way. Special thanks to Cotter Copeman who produced the music for this episode, to Caroline Stern for creating the art accompanying the segment, and to you, my friends, for listening. Until next time.